disclaimer, we are not qualified to speak on any of these topics or any topics in general. Our thoughts and opinions are our own, and in fact, our thoughts and opinions at the time were stated and sometimes not even then. So don't go making a statue for us and ripping it down 30 years when you find a cat as a cat, or I eat my weight and steak annually. Our views do not represent those of any of the entities we're affiliated with, and the commentary is satirical to describe our commentary if everyone else were as honest as us. Ever since we decided to expand the definition of literal figure, it was people who clearly now accepted the facts or advertising opinions are nearly as authentic as the body part often associated, and words are just a combination of sounds intended to entertain us or prompt us to buy something, be that a product or a concept or a tackle. With that said, we're obviously from the future and we're here to help the human race cross the finish line. Just kidding. We're here to make your stay on Earth more enjoyable. Stop taking everything so seriously and so in life, after all. You've got pop. You've got pop. All right. All right. Welcome to Not For You, Baby. It's a podcast that's... It's not for you, but you're welcome. We're glad you're here, though. Super glad you're here. And it's yet another week, and we've continued to be here, and you've continued to be here, and we're so happy about so that. So many things that have been done. So how has your week been thus far? It's been great. I don't know. How's yours been? <laughs> well, you know, when you're so busy, like, I don't know. You right. have to ask that part of my brain that knows that kind of thing. Right, right you've got to like, check I'm in. Great. How am I doing? I think good. I'm hanging out with you. That's like one of my favorites. That is obviously. also one of my favorites. What a great yeah. coincidence. I know. It's gross that we love each other this way. You're um, welcome. You're welcome. And our love is not for this you. This podcast is sponsored by our love, though. <laughs> this might be our love, baby. And aren't you also lucky to be here witnessing the birth? Okay. Well, now that I made that thoroughly awkward in the tradition of stepbrothers, which is our theme of the week. That is our theme of the week. Check out our action here. I mean, my goodness. Some vestige. Some yeah. I know, I, was, I know exactly. And for those of you that are vodding along with us rather than potting along with us, um, and it's a very fancy differentiation for video versus... For our, our vodcast pod. fans. Yeah. Um, you can see, obviously, this wonderful montage of our images, which is so great. Oh my god, that's so funny. some Andrea Bocelli, correct? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So stay tuned for a real treat. Stay tuned for that right here. Oh yeah. And you're welcome. So other than how we've been this week, do we want to kind yeah, of dive into some right uh, in. news right you can't in. use? Absolutely. Do absolutely. you want me to start Why first? Why don't you go right ahead? So <laughs> do you ever read a news headline and you've got to read it twice because you read it with the completely wrong lens the Almost first time? Almost every headline. So I'm just going to read the headline I read and it was like, Company in Australia makes mammoth meatball. And I was like, do they mean like size-wise? Right. No, no, no. Like they did indeed make a mammoth I mean, meatball. My mouth shouldn't be drooling. Like, I don't even like meatballs. So or it's a company things. in Australia called Vow. And they're a quote-unquote cultured meat company, which I had to look up. And it's what we're calling in vitro meat that we're developing through other ways. Which I, it's a missed opportunity to call it in vitro. In vitro! <laughs> I was like, I love it. Uh, but the idea is they're trying to create sort of a, like, meatless meat-based products that are different than, like, the okay. pork, chicken, all the beef things we've gotten used to. They did have to say, though, the mammoth is not going to be available for human consumption because it is from actual, like, proteins found in their DNA and then elephant fills in the gaps. And they're like, we're not sure if people are allergic to these proteins. The idea was to show people 
the like diversity available in meats and the way we can do that meat. in a meatless way. So they're looking to mix and match to create new kinds of meat, which that sounds horrifying. Yeah. I was thinking like that's how we get an Attenborough out there and they're like, oh no, we've made like a peacock mammoth buffalo or something like that. But that is what they're looking to do. I mean, how is this not the road to soil and green? Well, that's, I was another thought that kind of fluttered around my head. Right. I was like, so they have something like 50 different genetic profiles of like existing animals, of which they're like, we can combine peacock and crocodile and kangaroo and a bunch of types of fish. So and I'm right. like, okay. But I was like, is this the improvement? I can't, here's the thing. I could not find anything that suggests plant-based meat, just like different meat. There was something about the environment, but I was so thrown off by mammoth meatball. And it, we'll, you know, we'll share a photo of said mammoth meatball oh because God. it is both mammoth in terms of what it's made of at mammoth with the asterisk again it's elephant fills in the protein gaps but it's also enormous so i had the same oh thought God. as you as i was like i want a mammoth meatball i want the biggest meatball sub available <laughs> to me but they were like no we're not going to feed it to people because we have no clue what people are allergic to and i'm like i'm allergic to almonds which like currently exists i cannot imagine how mammoth would suit me what do you have this week so i have a little bit of jennifer aniston that's what i have oh <laughs> i mean maybe that's what i'd like to have just kidding um so she was on this show called friends yeah familiar a little bit familiar exactly and uh, I was very popular in the 90s. In fact, our uh, shared friend Stan Zimmerman was friends with Allie Willis, who actually composed the theme song that was then sung by the Rembrandts. So well, there's that's a lot there. so fun. That's like much better than Six Degrees from Kevin Bacon. Exactly. It's like how many degrees to the Friends theme? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyway, big show. Lots of, I mean, people still like it. Would you believe it? And there are puzzles and themes and it tours. It ended a long time ago, right? Like, can I, am I allowed it to say that? It ended before it even ended, didn't it? But, oh, you mean this? Oh, okay. You but mean like, the hysteria. Like, no, there's like, I swear, I don't know if I was in London because this wouldn't make sense, but I feel like I was in London and they were doing like friends tours. And I'm like, how would you have friends? Oh, yeah, because that's that, they have a pop-up shop that's okay. gone around like the world. Okay, so I yeah. can imagine that. No, no, no. Okay. I have several friends who went to the one in Boston which launched, like, I don't know, knee-deep in COVID. And I was like, that's how you want to spend your time? Knee-deep in COVID is in, like, a friend's pop-up 20 years after the fact? Hey, no one told you life was going to be this great. Anyway, it's still a thing. But Jennifer Aniston was interviewed by the Associated Press, Foreign Associated Press, this week about the Gen Z people that are finding the show and trying like watching it and they're offended by it. And that's not just because people born south of the past four decades are offended by almost everything. Um, it's in addition to that. Go I, ahead. Well, go I, ahead. I, I was going to say, I see, I see a little I'm like, head bobble. I'm like, what do you got? I saw the show as a, you know, my parents watched it. I probably shouldn't have watched as much as I did at a young age. I'm sure a lot went over my head because, I mean, by the time it was done, I was just coming into, like, cognizance of mm -hmm. things. And some of the things are a little dicey, but, like, I think, and I'm, I'm speaking... I think by dicey, your generation means problematic. Is that yeah, correct? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. that's... Because I'm that's, told I'm problematic a lot, yeah. and I think that means dicey. Yeah, that's... Uh, I am. Gen Z will say problematic, and millennials... We grew up with it, but we're like, eesh, it's eesh, it's that noise of everyone being like, oh, this is not cool. Yeah. Um, but so Gen Z is loud about it. Do you remember anything that, about the show that would have made you think that? Anything surrounding Ross is super toxic. Is it his and, relationship yeah. with the monkey? His... Pff, 
I was going to say, there's also one of the things that stood out in my head and it's, it strikes Gen Z as odd is there's a moment where Ross's son wants to play with a doll and he gets super up in arms about it. And as an adult, I'm like, Ross Geller is not the like paramount of masculinity, even on the show. Uh, and what was the what would you, what was the uh, resolution to that? I think they just let the kid play with the doll. And but like Ross didn't get there. Ross didn't get there. No, I think everyone else did. Possible because sitcoms have often well, sitcoms were. This is a history lesson again for everybody south who was born south four decades ago, which of course I'm a part of. You're um, twenty four. Twenty. Well, yes, I'm, I'm about to be twenty four. I was yeah. twenty six. Now we're going twenty four as I button, go, go as back. I button myself back into the existence. Oh, Benjamin! <laughs> exactly. Is that sitcoms used to lightly broach on difficult subjects and put us all back together, still entertain us. Without being, I would say, as heavy-handed as today's television executions are. I agree with that. I think sometimes people forget that the goal of sitcoms or any medium is to entertain you. Oh, yes. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Let's be clear. It's absolutely capitalism. Like, if you pull the Scooby-Doo mask off, it's like, capitalism! I mean, these things cost a lot of money. I think the people on Friends were getting, like, $8 million an episode. The The amount they get paid per episode. I would have just done the show for, like, that amount. I know. I would have just been like, I get to wear someone else's clothes. I know. I get to be a little famous. Just pay me $8 million ever. So, I mean, obviously there's money, but yes, it's supposed to be entertainment. I think Jennifer responded, Jennifer on a first name basis. Jennifer, your, your besties. Obviously. Um, hey, girl. She responded that I think that right now we just don't interpret things the way we used to. I don't want to actually speak for her. Let me read her. Her quote was, I don't think there was a sensitivity like there is now. The beauty of comedy is that we can make fun of ourselves and make fun of life. And I feel like that's the headline that maybe, maybe Gen Z and Gen Y have forgotten is that like, that's why we're here. I literally pitched the idea to do like RIP or a roast of comedy, like because it was on its last leg because we've now tried to wash it out of every part of creative expression yeah and i think that that's not helping anyone we are more angry and we understand people less than ever there's a lot of division and i feel like the way gen z perceives humor is like a 12 year old autistic child who just doesn't get the joke yeah but i love 12 year old autistic children well bro absolutely and i'm sure there are members of gen z that i love as well So let's circle back to the to the Ross story that you gave as an example, which is a good example. And yes, ridiculous that somebody like Ross of all people would be like, like that. Like macho yeah. dinosaur dude. But in my life, well, yeah, he was, yeah, he, yeah. yes, exactly. An, an adult who likes to play with dinosaurs. Um, but it is not a break. Um, but I think that's when we find this type of, I hate to use the word talk, like the phrase toxic masculinity, but I've seen more evidence of whatever that sentiment is trying to convey in like the wishier washier of fellas than I have like the truly strong ones. Because oh, yeah. I feel like the strong ones are a little bit more like, hey, listen, this is what I am. And if my kid wants to go play with a doll, like he plays with a doll and then he builds a, you know, a tree fort or, you know, maybe he keeps playing with dolls. I, I think that it they're actually- They're just toys. They're just activities. They're toys, they're activities. I think that a Ross is somebody that is more likely to be in that weird space. And I think that probably what they were trying to convey in this episode that I don't recall, but I'm going to guess is that it's okay for your kid- to play with toys. To be a child. Even though you might, as yourself, not be that type of masculine identifying male, you might have your own bias internally that you need to examine. And would you believe it or not that we were actually able to suggest those things without hitting people over the head with it? I'm talking to you Hollywood writers rooms. It was once possible to do very big things with very small words because we got it. But 
Maybe you don't got it. Like maybe today's generation doesn't understand it. You just have to be like, listen, we're canceling television. We're just going to do lessons about respect. Is that what people would like? Because that sounds so fun. This podcast is not <laughs> sponsored by Subtle Nuance. Yeah, it's really not. So I guess I, I think she handled it in a very nice way. I think it's hilarious if the kids don't get it today like well okay. if they don't okay yeah it's an old show that and i'm sure someone's gonna be like not correct i was gonna say you can probably binge it on like i don't know netflix i assume it's on peacock now i don't That's know i haven't watched everywhere. friends forever because i don't have cable anymore so i watch the shows i watch and i'm sure that there are times that i'm like yikes and i move on yeah but i want to be like you want to talk problematic sitcoms boy we have a lot of them. I mean, Friends Our entire start of sitcoms I'm, is problem. No, I mean, I think the I, Honeymooners? Like, yeah. he's going to hit his wife. Yeah, and that's a constant moon. reference. Exactly. Like, to the moon? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, but I think, again, the funny thing is she actually ran the house, and that was the, right, that that's was the, the joke there, there, was that, like, the big guys, like, to the moon, Alice, to the moon. But really, like, You can't okay. do anything. You're Everybody's useless. in on the joke if they're smart enough. So we have a new segment we're going to introduce this week that you've kind of affectionately called okay. the balloon knot well the balloon knot we can share this obviously great nuggets of information and news you can't use section but there's sometimes difficult things and that was really why we actually started the podcast in the first place was to be able to talk about things that people are afraid to talk about hopefully with a unique perspective certainly without judgment and with a, a little ton, levity yes a little levity and with a ton of room for growth and understanding that we know that we need yeah. so we approach these topics with absolutely no authority oh yeah um, disclaimer Listen to the disclaimer. Exactly, exactly. Like you should cancel us before we even start this discussion. We, we got, already did. We are, yeah. We've cancel already, campaign. We, we cancel. You can't cancel it. It's not for you. So the balloon knot. If you think about like what kinds of topics make your bum pucker, so the balloon knot is one topic from the news each week. We're going to talk about that's going to make us all uncomfortable. Like abortion. Like abortion. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. Let's. Talk Our favorite about topic abortion. on the pod: abortion. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, everyone's second favorite topic is, of course, school shootings. And mm. so for our first Balloon Knot segment, brought to you by a school shooting that happened this past week in Tennessee. I don't even know where to start with unpacking that. Well, so I think let's start with the trans angle, right? Because first of all... that's where everyone wants to start. Well, oh, well we're gonna, if, if there wasn't the trans angle, we wouldn't be talking about it because it would be... Right. Another school shooting. Correct. Would, this is something, this is a different flavor, at least, presumably. Uh, uh, depends everything depends on the aspects. perspective because now there's a lot of... There's a lot that's going on on social media showing that like this is the new trans agenda because there's I didn't get that memo. I didn't get that memo. There's a graphic that's going around and it lists off like all the trans mass shooters. So I have seen the list of trans mass shooters, mass which is funny because it's that's hilarious. all like they're so close with the Venn diagram circle that they have in common, and the larger circle is still mental illness. There's a larger exactly. circle. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is a mental illness issue. Yeah. The larger circle, and I'm not. This is. I want to be very clear for anyone who is new here. I'm not suggesting that trans people are mentally ill. I'm suggesting. That the overlap is high. Yes, I. I mean, here's the thing. I am a trans person with a mental illness, and there there are ways that goes hand in hand. I've never brought a gun anywhere, but I can see where that demographic could probably overlap more frequently than maybe other like demographics you might pluck out from the abyss. Well, I think that any marginalized, if we're calling these people demographic, any any marginalized community, right? The real graphic is ultimately it's. 
a mental illness issue generally, yeah. and it continues to be so. I mean, I this is going to sound weird, and with announcing like I'm trans and mentally ill, I'm very interested in Columbine because that came up as I was coming up, and one of the features there is mental illness. Like it's it's broadly mental illness. It's usually mental illness. It's usually someone who has been sort of I don't want to say like pushed to a breaking point, but each of these people felt like they had reached a point of desperation. That's the situation with with the happened with pulse and it's un really unfortunate that the way that these well, people felt pushed hurts others yes and i think that sometimes it might be beyond feeling pushed it might be just the mental illness and the the feeling of insignificance or not yeah. being seen or other other ways that mental illness um carries out it's very similar i think all the time about how and because of course as i've mentioned unfortunately many times but favorite type of entertainment is murder. And so I've seen I've seen an awful lot of shows about serial killers and that kind of thing. Like, we don't really have them the way that we used to. I was watching a program, the new no. program. Yeah. It feels, it's a lower number. Oh, um, significantly is, lower. Like the 70s the felt lousy with serial killers. They were lousy with serial killers and like serial rapists and all this other yeah. stuff. And it was kind of like a sick person maybe chasing that headline. And so now the way a sick person chases a headline is with mass shootings. One of the things that I read was that because in that, in that uh, I don't know if it's a graphic or whatever that was shared on social media that lists like six shooters that were recently part of the trans community, whether that was like gender non-binary or not at all trans that just made it to the list or whatever it was. And somebody else had, had said, well, that makes up like 1.3% of the mass shootings and trans people, trans identifying people right now in the US make up 0.6%, which I think you've told me 0.3%. Right, it's, that number varies greatly. It's anywhere between 0.6 and 3%. So oh, it's sure, it depends yeah. on, it depends yeah. on whether like you just felt maybe you were a little trans yesterday, or maybe you've like, you're on HRT, or maybe you've done the whole like thing, like whatever, there's right. a spectrum there. But whatever it is, it's not like massively misaligned with the representation in the population. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Again, in this particular instance, I don't know. I mean, I don't. How trans was he or she? Like, right? I don't know, because it's this very unclear. They, okay, so I've seen like on social media. Well, they said that uh, this person had changed their name to a male name, but 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 then I, I I saw that reported, but then I saw instances of social media accounts that still show birth names. So I'm correct. Like, yeah. So when something like this happens, all of the social media accounts get shut down. So Facebook's right. gone, LinkedIn's gone, Instagram's gone. And it's very hit and miss, you know, where pronouns are being used, where the name right. is changed. And I recognize that that's part of the process. This person can be very early in this, and that's not to knock this. But I've also not found a ton of concrete evidence that this person was, you know, their own mother described them or, or someone on behalf of the mother described them as trans and gay. And I was like, well, which is it? Well, that's the thing, because I had read multiple accounts of multiple people saying that this person, and they were referring to this person as a she, was upset because her, her their choice, yep. Rona, her parents didn't accept her for being gay or trans. And again, I thought the same thing, well, well which one? Right, like it can be both, but it's everything I heard is they're hiding the gender of this presumably deceased former partner. So I'm like, I don't know if this is like female presenting person, right male presenting person you know i it's all so confusing i don't know what this person's name is i 
I will tell you that I had that glimmer of the thought in the back of my head that if this is the first time we hold a white man accountable for a shooting, I am going to riot. But also, I do think that if anything can turn the tide of accountability, I'll also take it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, the first time we <laughs> held a yeah. white man accountable for a shooting, it was a trans man, but also the jury is out in like 17 directions. I guess that's the thing. Like everybody's clamoring. When these when these shootings happen, everyone's clamoring for the angle. So <laughs> is it the gun angle? Is it the anti-trans angle? Is it the trans angle? So is it is the there HRT a gay angle? angle? Like, it's, it's interesting to see people like try to clamor and find the reasoning and the meaning and all this. And I entirely agree with your first statement that this is a mental illness yeah. issue. It is. It's a mental illness issue. Are there things we need to do to button button up our you know gun control and make sure... Oh, that absolutely. Sure, absolutely. But Even people with guns that are gun rights supporters that I have spoken with and even just read agree that, yeah, there's things that we can do to make it better, but we need to screen better for mental illness. Like, everybody right, agrees like, about that. Like, right. I, that shouldn't be the discussion. Is like, And I'm just saying this. I'm very... I have just a sprinkling of mental illness... I shouldn't be given a gun, not because I would hurt other people. I may hurt myself. Not anymore, but once upon a time, thought sure. in my head. I should not be able to qualify for a gun unless I go through some very rigorous sort of you know, supervision or training or something like that. I should not be permitted to just be able to be handed a gun. And right now, the universe would let me have that. Yeah, I think that I think that if somebody wants to harm themselves or others, that needs to be screened out. For. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have the answer for that. In any no, way. if we had but the I think answer, like we could probably all agree that if you want to hurt yourself or others, maybe like a weapon isn't unless right. it's in protection. Maybe a weapon isn't the thing for you. No, right no, no. Now. Like a therapist is a thing for you. The Better thing, help is a yeah. thing for you. The thing that I think is interesting about this also is that there's been a sentiment both in some people that I know from the trans community, but even in some allies saying you know, well, what do you expect? How much are they going to put up with? And first of all, I'm like, so you mean they, the trans community that this person may or may not be a member of, right. which I don't know. But second of all, I think like that's kind of disgusting reasoning and logic because my rights have been trampled on through other parts of my life as well when I couldn't get married or have the same rep, you know representation right. as others or wasn't allowed to, you know, if I had a dying spouse, I couldn't be with them in the hospital. Like obviously never once, you know, wanted to shoot people. Like there's been politicians that have done things against like the queer community forever. I don't want to say it's a low blow that comes from support, but it feels like a low blow that's supposed to be supportive, but actually feels like a low blow. Like queer community can't handle the fact or the trans community can't handle the fact that, that there's like some laws that are being brought forth, which we could circle back to this, but I think part of the laws that are coming forth is because this is a new thing for us to figure out how Oh, how to even navigate right. Things. Absolutely. So there's going to be laws and there's going to be things that come up because we do have to figure out like, how does it work? At what age can a child say that they want to be referred to as a certain name or pronoun versus when do their parents have to be? These are just things that simply need to be figured out. Right. It I feels like an attack though. I'm sure it feels like an attack to see all this legislation and some of it actually is. I think the thing, and I'll say this from someone who's been sitting on this bleacher now for almost a decade. It's just shy of a decade, about a month shy, a few weeks actually. These cycles, I'm sure this is experience you've had. All of this legislation, all of this hate, it cycles. And I think it's constantly looping. And it had sort of faded a little bit. Like the bathroom debate was really big in 2013. Mm -hmm. It peered out a little bit. We went back to like gay marriage for a little bit, which is weird because we had already like passed yeah. that. And we we're like, no, no, walk that back. Yeah. I think that we're in always in a phase of like, it's just a cycle of hatred that comes. And so I, I sort of, without intending it this way, it's sort of our turn again. So I always expected that. I was like, it's been about 10 years. That sounds about right. And then 
the other side of that is like the whole like anti drag queen sentiment that's getting pinned which on is Tracy, so which is strange. Like, I feel like you don't get what any of these words mean or right. what the purposes are. It's very now you're strange. just taking them all. I know. I mean, we could, yeah, exactly. So we can come so back to that. Stay tuned time, for but... our drag queen discussion next week because yeah. I have so many thoughts on that. So get tuned for more balloons. Yes. But no, I agree with you, and I obviously I have some strong opinions about like the respectful ways to approach these boundaries, and I think that. Because wait, you're right, with the added visibility, it increases the number of opinions. It does. Uh, and that's what it is. And it increases the number of factors to consider because you mentioned the bathroom thing. And whether or not you feel like the right answer there is a foregone conclusion, that's just a logistical thing. People need to talk through. We need yeah. to figure out like who is allowed in what bathrooms and on if there's certain ages. And the sports thing. Again, I don't care where you're landing on that, but that's something that we do need to decide yeah. so that things are fair and everybody knows like we're all playing with the same rules. So I think some of these things are actually just people figuring out because of progress. Right. I do think but some of them are in a hate lens. I do I think. No, I do too. I, of, of course. Yeah. And I think that's the default is just to assume that it's all hate, but it's not right. all hate. It's some, some it logistics. Some it's some hate. Too. No. <laughs> I just think that we have to be careful before we rush to any foregone conclusion about anything because we're thinking that the increase of legislation means an increase in hate. And it's a, it's actually like, that is the payment that you pay for progress. <laughs> yeah, right. Progress is painful. It is painful. Like there's a, it's a you know, to borrow a, a line, it's an old Andrea Gibson quote that was talking about like, when asked of the Big Bang, the sun said it hurts to become or something like that. I, I think about it. that, it hurts to become a lot because that's the best way to describe what we're feeling. And whether or not this shooter is trans, I recognize that like tensions are high and people want to, they also want to blame someone. And the real issue is mental illness and yes, gun control, absolutely. but it's a lot easier to be like, that was scary trans people. Absolutely. Obviously we could keep talking about this, but I don't, I don't know if, if it might be time to do something more fun. Yeah, we um, might, we let's, let's like, lighten yeah, the mood like, a little. Uh, well, we have some stepbrothers for our, our weekly theme. We have we, some word association for stepbrothers. We do. And also a new segment. Why don't we start with the stepbrothers word association? Okay. If, if you're so ready. I've got some fun words I mean, should for we you. dance? Like, how do we do a cleanse of palate? Everybody go eat some ginger. So I have a series of six words for you. Like, in, in order or? Uh, just six different ones. There, yes. Okay. I have, I have six words. I just a six total of six words that, that are all vaguely stepbrothers themed because we are approaching the 15 year anniversary of its release. Oh my God. Yeah. It's not quite exact. So my pedantic brain is like, actually it's in July, but we'll let this, we'll let this slide. Thank you, Autism. <laughs> this this podcast is sponsored by Autism Awareness Month coming in April. Exactly. Your first word yes. is prestige. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Prestige is is obviously like if you want to say something is great and you're a douche. <laughs> prestige. Much like Prestige worldwide. So if you're Scott Disick and you want to say you're like lots yeah. of prestige. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, Clearly. so your second word okay. is commotion. Oh my god, commotion on the ocean is all I can think about. Uh, and I'm not talking about one of those like tipsy dancing grooves that you take out of like the Boston Haba where you have some <laughs> drinks and you listen to commotion on the ocean. I'm talking about you taking your lady on a boat and making some commotion on that ocean. Ooh. Oh, wait a minute, back to commotion. All right, your third word okay. is... Nighthawk. Oh my god, I have literally have nothing. The only thing I thought of when you said Nighthawk was like Night Rider. <laughs> I was so glad you were in the same place. I was like, I don't know, if this were me, I'd be like, 
Kit. I know. It's like, Kit. Where's it's Knight Kit? Rider. Like, where's Kit at? Yeah. Like, that was literally all I'm right. so glad I picked Nighthawk and not Dragon. Thank God. I know. Which are obviously, like, our names. But, uh, well, as stepbrothers. Your fourth word mm. is drumstick. Okay. So, drumstick, this is not even a word association. This was just a story I was going to tell. I, I usually have drumsticks. I didn't have any drumsticks in the house, but I had, like, two... <laughs> salad serving tools ah. that work that are dr- drumstick ends and i almost brought them out here to, like play on the thing like so you could be like uh are you playing with like drumstick ladles but that didn't happen but that's all i have to say about drumstick right that's now. really funny because i was like and thinking about what you might think about when i put this word down i was like you might go with chicken and i would go with the ice cream so you're Fifth word is bonito. Okay, bonito. I'm much more into bonita. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm saying. And I don't mean bodiqua. <laughs> I mean bonita. And this has been your Spanish lesson of the day. Si. Your final word is kimosabi. Oh, kimosabi. That sounds like something I will definitely be canceled for if I comment on kimosabi. <laughs> I have a new segment in. I was going to say, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited okay. for this segment. Okay. This bow, bow, bow. So Ray Carroll is uh, my father. A national I treasure. from Ray Carroll. <laughs> he's, he's actual national brother. treasure. Yes, and I'm not allowed to say how old he is because my mother's very sensitive about that kind of thing, but we're just going to say octo- a, a newly minted octogenarian. <laughs> That's <laughs> so very you can do that math. pleasant um, to talk exactly. about. Exactly, and he is wonderful and very funny fellow, great photographer, lots of uh, animals analyzing that's done and he chooses his words very carefully so we have a new segment called ray carroll reviews and this was actually prompted by lmc spotlight which is one of our company's divisions well done lmc spotlight this podcast is sponsored by lmc LMC spotlight Spotlight. exactly i'm gonna send a bill (laughs) and so lmc spotlight is like a design and graphics and you know digital we'll put you in the spotlight yeah exactly we'll put you in the spotlight who cares about them the funny thing they posted on social media the new like we heart nyc logo which apparently has everybody up in an uproar and everybody has an opinion about because no kidding. So um, LMC Spotlight had posted a picture of the logo. And so if you are watching our podcast, you can see it here on the screen. Or if you are if you are listening uh, at home, uh, you can look at our, our uh, what do we have, like an album for each weekly show? Yes, yeah. we do now. Basically, it's like we and NYC in like block font. And then there's a heart that looks like one of those squeezy hearts that you so it's like 3D in appearance. Like a stress ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And so LMC Spotlight was writing, you know, it's been a little over weeks since this new logo was unveiled. It's been un, uh, unanimously almost uh, negative. And one blogger wrote, this sucks on every conceivable level and also on some levels that exist beyond human perception. Yikes. So we asked our viewers and we asked our social media com- community what they thought about this. And the first to respond was Ray Carroll as Ray Carroll reviewed and so Ray Carroll had this to say. The blogger is a little overboard. I do not like it for two reasons. First, it goes against all rules of photographic composition. And secondly, all I see are the letters W-E-N-Y-C, which reminds me of one of those pharmaceutical ads on television for heart medicine, whereby they take some letters and rearrange them into a brand name. W-E-N-Y-C. Good for your heart problems. Wow, how do I really feel? Maybe the blogger was not overboard. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I know, I loved it Also, <laughs> I can see like the cloth you might be cut from. Oh, can you now? Thank no, you, Ray. I thought that was amazing, and so I thought, my gosh, we need some more of this in our we life. We need to highlight so we Ray we might Carol. have a recurring segment where we have Ray Carroll reviews, 
and it'll be other things that you need to know about, and we need this level through the lens of Ray Kano. We do. I mean, I know I I'm wholeheartedly in agreement. I, obviously, yeah. And I, so uh, we love Ray Carroll. We don't love NYC's new logo apparently. So, well, yeah, I, I mean, love a good Ray Carroll segment, exactly. and I'm so ready for more of them. Yeah. And so before we get into the very exciting Judy Greer segment, I think you have a. I do. A John I, C. Riley. I have a John C. Riley okay. contribution. Uh, in, on now, theme. John C. Riley. For those of you who shamefully might not know, is obviously the role of stepbrothers that Cato is playing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So this is a a fun factoid about John C. Riley. Right. When he was twelve, so circa nineteen seventy seven, he and his friends stole five hundred boxes of corn pops from a freight train oh my god and he's mentioned it on a number of talk shows but i don't i've never wanted to know more than that statement it's just him and his friends Same. 12 years old on a bike stealing corn pops so oh, like, like so he grew up in like what like pennsylvania like i i, I literally i have know. Yeah. i was just picturing like where were people near the tracks where the kids were cool enough to jump on a train and leave their parents yeah we'll so have to share the video of him and confirm all right we're gonna look into all but, this i need to know so much more yeah and what i was were like they corn what corn pops so like the why would they steal that? Corn pops are one of my favorites. You gotta have your pops. They're they're Is a guilt. They're, they're a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. Do you even know what I'm talking about when I say? I oh yeah, that's that, that's still the slogan. Okay, I that don't is know. still the I slogan. I didn't know they still made that. But now on to our our Judy Grew update. Yeah. And this one. I just like the headline for this one. Sometimes I don't even like to read. Like I read the article, but I was like, the headline in itself is the discussion. It says, Judy Greer is tired of menopause and aging being punchlines. And she said, and I quote, we're smarter and better than that. And I kind of like that as sort of a great coda for our sort of thing. It's like some things like joking about Asian people or fat people or all yeah. these things. We're just kind of better than like really low bar humor. And she was like, I'm tired of it being punched down to like women. Like yep. the second I hit 40, all of the birthday things are tombstones. And she's like, I don't feel like I'm dying. And I was like, I kind of agree. Like, I recognize she's like speaking of the lens of like an older woman, but I agree that like so much humor okay. punches she death. She is not speaking through the lens of an older woman. <laughs> I, I, okay. I am. Judy what Greer, I'm saying I got is, you. I got you. What I'm saying is she's not like speaking to me of like a 33 year old man who does not have like tombstones at his birthday party. You're right. It's not old, but historically we've brought the like we've seen it as like over the hill. So we just. When time expanded, our lifespans, there's just this gap exactly. of time that's just like, I don't know what we are. It's just uh, like you watch people on TV that were like 50, like 50 years ago, and they look like what I would interpret they look ancient. in their late 70s yeah. to look like today. And I'm totally teasing. I don't think Judy nor anybody in that age range would care about you calling them an old lady other than the fact that it's hilarious because she's so like not. Right. Know, but it's just the fact that the comedy is still... literally like you and all of your friends like yeah. 25 times. <laughs> And then spank you on the butts and be like, ha ha, kids, was that problematic? <laughs> so that's what I'm signing up but for. But I just like the fact that, like, comedy hasn't quite caught up. So it treats women over a certain age as, like, ancient. Oh, they do. Yeah. They do. And it's like, how, how how old are your jokes, writer's room? You're saying that that woman's over the hill. She's 40. Like, exactly. she looks 24. Exactly. Exactly. You're doing much better now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't want Judy Greer to dislike me. She I already she have, already hates you. Just call her old lady. I was gonna say TV's Amanda Burse already has strong um, opinions about me every so often. The other thing Judy said this week, which I liked, Judy, um, on Instagram on Tuesday, she posted a picture of herself looking very fancy. Ooh. She's like, everybody knows about casual Fridays, but what do we think about like 
fancy Tuesdays or formal Tuesdays or something like that. I'm like, yes, I love I was going to say, that was actually a thing I used to implement. Yeah. I was going to say, we used to do. Yeah. So, I mean, we might want to, we might want to experiment with this. Um, I like that. I feel like we've already had two Judy Greer things. So like, I'll wait. Your cliffhanger. News. But I think what we going. might want to start doing is like dressing up fancy on Tuesdays and like tagging her in it. Ooh, I like that. You. So maybe we'll start doing that. I like that. So I can't wait to see. Thank you, Judy you Greer. Yet well, again. Yeah. Next week's podcast though. We're going to be on location. It's going to be a special uh -huh. edition. Uh, you, look oh how lucky God. you are. We had a special St. Patrick's Day edition. Yep. And now we're going to have a special, uh, well, we won't tell you where we are, but we're going to be on location. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So stay tuned for next, not for you. You'll love it so much because it's not for you. All right. Thanks for joining us Thanks for another everybody. week. Okay, bye. bye. bye.